Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign, Tyranny of Dragon. I'm Tom, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara, Lance Thalen, and Flaple. Last we had left our adventurers, they had entered Waterdeep, taken a moment to reflect at the singing sword, um, where the entertainment for the night was a literal singing sword. And after just taking some calm and some peace and some quiet and reflecting, they each were able to center and find themselves, so to speak, or at least calm themselves in Malamara's case, having drifted off to sleep. And with that and the city of Waterdeep in front of our adventurers, we're going to join them on this week's adventure. So, Lance, Fleeple, and Malamara. It's the next day, and all of you are walking a boat, so to speak. And um, you are enjoying the sights of Waterdeep. Uh, It is midday, roughly, and you are just taking things in, discovering the sights, um, visually looking about, uh, and you are actually near one of the tall statues, which I mentioned previously, this statue that you are passing by. It's interesting, and I believe I mentioned it last time, but a neighborhood has been built around the statue itself. It's not in an ideal place whatsoever. Like you can tell by how the roads veer away instead of going through the city, they have to circumvent around this particular statue. There are houses that have been built up around this, a few businesses in particular, um, but it is, it, is a, it is a good tall statue, probably a good 40 feet tall. And it is um, just majestic to behold. This one is uh, standing on both feet, uh, uh, just standing straight and tall, but its arm is raised to the sky, holding a sword, brandishing it, pointed towards the sun itself. Now, these statues are not uncommon in Waterdeep, but they are a sight to behold. They are scattered across Waterdeep. Some are sitting, some are laying, some people have people living in them um, if they're hollowed out. But this is just happens to be one that has taken up residence in this particular area that uh, many, many centuries ago. And that Waterdeep has then been built around this. While you are taking in this site, however, Fleeple, with your passive perception, you see a gray-bearded dwarf in a peculiar uniform. And this dwarf seems to be... Uh, he just like started to like walk very slowly out of an alleyway, uh, seemingly like clutching something close to his chest and is looking around very nervously. And uh, this draws your attention because um, he seems to be uh, noticeably anxiety ridden. Hmm. I, being a somewhat socially anxious person as Ned Wilcock, the mm-hmm. actor, I kind of want to let this guy just <laughs> be. Uh, but let, I feel like that would be... Let him just go on his day. <laughs> let him be. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I was anxious and I was walking around the largest city in the region, uh, I probably wouldn't want random people to walk up to me and say hi. But in any case, I'll walk up to this man and say hi. <laughs> As you walk up to this person, um, the dwarf uh, looks at you, uh, sees you approach him, and he starts to move a little bit towards you, and just as you're about to say hi... The dwarf, um, which was gripping something close to his chest, opens his mouth, and then his face goes a little slack, and then, without catching himself, falls face first right into a pile of mud directly between you and him, just full full movie style, if, if, if you get what I'm meaning, where he just... Just not catching him whatsoever, just like a a board falling to the ground. Just right in this mud pile, right between you and him. Oh boy. I'll walk up to him and I'll kind of pat the sides of his face, pull out a sprig of mistletoe and wave it under his nose. Uh, Is he responsive at all? As you pull his head up and uh, pat his cheeks and do the mistletoe, his eyes are open, but they are lifeless. This dwarf is dead. Hmm. I'm going to turn to Lance and Mal, and I'm going to say, well, 
should we alert the authorities? We would probably get involved in a pretty nasty sort of legal sort of situation if we did that. Flea, but what did you do? Well, what I have done is just confirmed that it's if you see somebody who's anxious in a city, you should just <laughs> leave them be. You you gave this man a heart attack. <laughs> Apparently. Um, hey, you over there. What, what's going on over there? This uh, man just fell uh, dead in front of me. Do you have any any physicians of any sort who might be able to help out? Good heavens. Flable, you're a cleric. <laughs> well, yes, I'm a cleric. I know about Bahamut, but I don't know about heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this guard uh, was on the street and uh, seemed to uh, have been, like, at least aware of this interaction and the dwarf falling and uh, so runs over and goes, "Oh, here, uh, make some room, make some room. Are, are you, are you a doctor, or are you some sort of a, a, a medicine, medicine creature?" Uh, I can roll a medicine check, I suppose, if the DM will let me. Yeah, go and roll a medicine check. <laughs> All right, that is. I will assist Fleeple, but really, I'm actually patting the guy down. Mm. Oh, okay, sounds good. So you're like. So you're like, Fleeple, I'm going to assist you, but uh, Nets, we'll just take your straight roll here, uh, not with advantage, so okay. Jacob will be <laughs> sleight of hand trying to steal from this guy, loot the body. Well, not steal. I'm trying to, like, inspect it, being like, what the crap was going on? Ah. Like, wh- who is this guy? Like, <laughs> trying to find things about him. Uh, while these two are kneeling down at the body, Mal will activate her warlock invocation detect magic. Oh, I'm so glad it wasn't Arms of Hadar or some crap like that. Like <laughs> that is a 17 medicine check. 17 medicine check. All right, sounds good. So you have, by necessity, have had to adopt some medicine, medicine manness uh, in, in your past. You, uh, just being the shaman of your tribe um, and just through your adventures, you had to know how to take care of yourself. The very obvious thing is this dwarf is totally dead. Like, heart has stopped, eyes have are wide-eyed, just completely gone, dead. And um, what you do also notice with your medicine check is there doesn't appear, at least at first glance, to have been foul play in the death of this dwarf. It appears that, from what you can gather, is that this dwarf this man seemed to have just fallen down and died due to natural causes. Hmm. Natural causes of actually having a friendly face in a city. Hmm. Man, well, I, I thought maybe there was some narrative significance to this man, but I guess not. <laughs> Thomas is just giving us old people with heart attacks. <laughs> let's, let's have you roll a... Uh, a sleight of hand or an investigation check is what you were thinking, Lance. Yeah, I'm like, I am, I'm obviously doing this somewhat like on the side, like obviously trying to keep it hidden, but like, yeah, I'm just trying to like, I'm I'm pretending to help Fleeple assess the medical conditions, but as I'm doing, I'm kind of turning my hands through pockets and like looking at like different, maybe signifiers of rings or necklaces. Well, and that's like, well, of course you have to help identify who this man is. Is he a diabetic? I mean, come on. We have his medical history. Does he have have a diabetes? What's going on here? (laughs) Roll an investigation check then. All right. That's going to be a non-natural 20. So, Lance, as you're going through this pockets, there seem to be a few trinkets here that are noticeable. There's a small pouch with just like a day's wage worth of like coin in it. So, like... You know, a gold piece and like five silver and a few copper in there. Nothing, honestly, not even worth your time. But there are some other things here. There seems to be a, uh, and Mal, you actually come across this as well with your Eldritch Sight. You uh, pat Lance and you go, hey, there's something magical in his left pocket. And as you pull it out, um, there's this tiny, tiny, almost this like miniature, miniaturized broom. It's about maybe two inches tall, just like this really small stick. But as you look closely, it's a broom with like some Brussels at the end of it. You're like, what the? And then in his right card, you see uh, some papers, which are some identifiers. The identifiers name this as Buron 
Sternmetal. That's the dwarf's name, Buron Sternmetal. And underneath it, there's this seal, which the seal is also represented on his tunic on the front, which is a broom and a mop in an X emblazoned on a shield. And underneath it, it says, Custodians United. He's in the Custodians Union. Uh, yeah, actually, that's exactly what this is. He's in the Custodians Guild in Waterdeep. But those are the only things that you see on this person. And Malamara, those are the only magic items that you feel on this person individual. There are a few magic items on some of the passerbys, but yes, just a small broom is the magic item on this dead dwarf. The guard is like, oh, oh good, good heavens. I've seen this man walk walk by this street every day for the past five years since I've been posted in this location. It's just, it, 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 do you sense foul play here as he looks to the three of you? I sensed nothing, I'm afraid. Is there some, like, internal beef in the Custodian Guild? Because otherwise I'm not sure. <sighs> well, I, I, I'm not a medicine person. I, I've had, I've... Ah, uh, oh, yes! Uh, and he looks over, and this woman guard runs over and goes, Angeline, uh, c- come here, come here. Oh, uh, this poor man. And she goes, oh, not Buron. Yes, I'm afraid it is Buron. Buron, no! Well, let's, let's try to move the body as gently as we can off the streets to cause, uh, prevent a panic. Uh, and so they usher it back into the alleyway a little bit out of the main street here and try to gently move some of the mud off of uh, his face, but Jacob, I actually forgot to mention that on his chest that he was gripping underneath his tunic seemed to be a book that this person was supposedly clutching to. Can I get the book? Absolutely. As you reach underneath the tunic, because it was underneath his tunic, you pull it out, and it's a square-shaped book which is a little unusual because, as we know, books are rectangle, rectangular, um, but it is a square-shaped book. And on it, it just says... My feelings. <laughs> just feelings, journal. On it, it just says deconstruction, but it's spelled interestingly. D-E-K-O-N-S-T-R-U-K-T-I-O-N. And it apparently has an author's name of Isajar. Did Malamara pick up anything magical on this book, or was it just me finding no. it? Okay. Mal, you're like, no, this is. there's nothing magical in this book, and it just appears to be a normal book. And the guards are so busy taking the body that as you slip it with your very nimble fingers, they don't notice that you uh, open it up and start to look at it. The, what was the title? Deconstruction. With all the C's replaced with K's. That's right. Is, is it written in common? What languages is it written in? Yeah, this is a common book. Um, not, it's not a common book, but it's written in common. And as you open it, uh, you can read the words. It's quite thick, but you know you could spend a little bit of time with it if you guys want to sit down with it. But what's the what's the first two pages? I'll look at one page while I'm waiting. I love how Lance is just so eager to read through weird, crazy books that we find. Well, yeah, that's my that's, that's my niche right there. But well, I mean, I found like this. I mean, a dude died. Fleeple's parent is interested in this guy, and the only clue I found is that he was clutching mightily under his tunic a book. And so I'm like, okay, what the crap is this thing? And so I'm just looking at like the first two pages just to see like what does it start talking about? Yeah. So the biggest thing about this book is as you, this book is mainly diagrams and descriptions of a lot of like locations in Waterdeep, including some of the statues in Waterdeep. Like those are the ones that take the, the, the largest uh, space in the book because you have to turn it. They're sort of like a centerfold, if you will, but um, it's uh, over two pages. So you have to hold it vertically to see the statue from top to bottom, and it has a lot of diagrams in it. So it seems to be some sort of uh, um, description about some of these locations in Waterdeep. Not too descriptive, but I'll have you roll. In fact, anybody who is wanting to kind of like peek over Lance's shoulder... I'll, I'll allow an Arcana check. Arcana? 
Well, I have advantage on Arcana because I've still got this rune <clears throat> on my forehead. And I have a negative one to Arcana. I am an I am an elf, so I actually get a I get a proficiency in it. That's a twenty-three for Fleeple. Twenty-three! And that's a twenty-four for Lance. Ooh, what? yeah! That's a nine for Mal. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed the K's were different in deconstruction. Book. It is book. <laughs> Ooh. Really, uh, really playing into stereotype right there, Mal. Really playing into that orc stereotype. Oh, boy. <sighs> oh, man. Book um, has K's. Wow, 23 and 24. Book has K's. Book has K's. So... Lance and Fleeple, both of you on your own, as you're looking at the same page, you get most of the same information. But with you putting pieces together, you realize that there are a lot of diagrams and a lot of views in this book. But one of uh, one of them, one of the pages is heavily smudged with like soot, and it's quite dirty. And you're like, these couple pages have been viewed frequently and a lot, like this is obviously important. And so you spend some time looking at these diagrams of the statue and it's actually of the statue right in front of you with the sword pointing upwards. And as Fleeple, you're looking at this, you go, Oh, Oh, this statue. Oh, um, this statue is built differently than all the statues, meaning that there is something underneath it that is significant and Lance, you recognize that oddly and weirdly, this statue has a um, a built-in like a ladder system to go from the ground all the way to the top. And at the top, there seems to be this like established room with chairs like all in a circle, and it, there seems to be a uh, weird, very strangely, a uh, a wheel like to a ship directly in the center of the room like it's like somebody took a wheel um from a, a massive vessel of, of the sea and put it right in the the statue right in the head there and um those are the big things that you get from the diagram here but as you are looking at the basement level here you recognize there are some heavy like magical machinations down here you can't quite ascertain as to what they are or like what their purpose is, but this is unusual that there would be something built underneath a statue with this much magic uh, in this specific way. I just love the image of like in the middle of the street as guards are hauling off this body, a elf and a kobold are looking at the centerfold of architecture. <laughs> <laughs> in a book and on the other side and we're like just like pointing it out and then on the other side is just Malamara reading the cover over and over again to herself <laughs> ah, K's. Like, K's K's yes why are K's in this spelling <laughs> well should we try and get under this statue do you think um let me and I'm gonna yes let me Hold on a second. And I'm going to go to one of the guards who maybe hopefully is like coming out of the alley or at least like kind of guarding the entrance yeah. of it where they drew, drag the body. Excuse me. Um, and this is Angeline. She's uh, dabbing her eyes as she's like tearing up and she goes, oh, gosh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your, your loss. I'm sorry. Time took um, you from this world. Yes. Oh, time. Oh, yes. And what? Age. Uh, hi. Uh, just wondering, this, uh, this man who just died, was he in charge at all or... Did he have a function of, of taking care of the statue right above us? Huh? Oh, well, you know, he's part of the uh, Custodial's Guild here in Waterdeep. They, they, um, this, this, they're, they're in charge of this whole, like, area uh, to make sure that, um, uh, <laughs> like, yes, the statue's taken care of and the streets, and, you know, just... Some of the facilities and plumbing and, you know, okay. the yes, magical um, wiring and such. Gotcha. Emotion. Yep, it's hard. Um, do you, uh, know... <laughs> it's not a person. He's not a person's person. He's not a person. Lance is not a person. He's not a person's person. He doesn't really like emotions. 
So, yes, um, sorry for your loss again. Um, is there, what's the, just question, what's the purpose or, like, significance of this statue? Like, is there a reason why it needs to be taken care of? Oh, we just need to take care of all the statues in water. Is this your first time at Waterdeep? Yes, yes. Sorry, I didn't get the shirt yet that says it, but yeah. Um, yeah, we just need to take make sure all the statues are taken care of, so if we ever get invaded, Blackstaff can activate them and <laughs> protect our city. So the statues oh, gosh, are... Uh, oh, the statues are like a protection thing. Excuse me? And she pushes you aside, You're... and she just oh, uh, starts okay. walking out into the main road as she is just beside herself. And the other guard walks up and goes... She she takes it a little bit hard. Veron, uh, he's been uh, he's been real close to us, and um, it's we're sad to see him go. Yeah, that's I mean that's fascinating. So, what do you know about the statues? <laughs> <laughs> well, have you ever been to Waterdeep before? This is my first time. <laughs> oh well, the statues are here to uh, protect us in our time of need uh, when Blackstaff. Uh, um, activates them to try and defend Waterdeep, you know, and so we just need to make sure that they're operational. Which just usually means that nobody's, you know, living in them, or that uh, there's not any, like, magical creatures living inside of them. So that was, uh... Oh, gosh, I can't believe he's gone. That was, oh no, emotions from you. Um, that was, that was, um, Stern Metal's job, was to just make sure they're up and going yeah. and ready, and no one's living inside well, him them. and all of the custodials guild uh, you know they not only this statue but the surrounding area in case the statue has to uh, you know like uh, has to draw power magic lessons things like that you know take care of the pipes the magical wiring nearby was, and all that with this okay all right thank you bye sorry for your loss bye <laughs> <laughs> thank you and he walks over to you, Fleeple. Thank you, citizen, for <laughs> ensuring that somebody was there when when Buron passed. I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful that he had you to help him. I'm grateful that I could help. Your city is so exciting. Here, take a gift, and I'm going to hand him a stick of incense. <laughs> oh, thank you, Dick. Thank you. And he. Uh, he, he walks away, clutching the incense uh, with one single tear dripping from his right cheek. I'll go up to Fleeple, and I'll, I'll kind of, kind of to the side, trying to not have Mal necessarily overhear it, so. She's just looking at the book, and shaking it, and looking at it, shaking it out, look, flipping through the pages, looking for things written in it. And I'll just be, I'll <laughs> say to Fleeple, I'll be like, this, this could be nothing, this could be something. This custodian who's in charge of these statues that guard over, over uh, I was about to say Winterfell again. <laughs> oh, uh, no, er, Where am I? <laughs> where am water, I? Deep. water deep. Everything has W's. Never winter. Water deep. It's all W's. Uh, so this could be nothing. These statues that guard over water deep. But um, I don't know. We I know we've talked about Malamara. We've both been concerned about her. This might be just like a fun little side thing that we could do. Take her totally away from like the the pressures of air two. We're here for like a month, just chilling. Maybe we could like make it a cool thing of like, let's get to the top of the tower, see if we could do it. Like we're amateur. What are those people who like recklessly go into caves when they shouldn't, but they're like, we're doing it anyway. Cause screw Oh, but well, you're talking about urban exploration. Yes, we could be ah. the urban explorers of Waterdeep. We could, like, write a book later or about it. I don't know. I'm just... Malamara okay. needs to get her mind off of yes. what's in her mind. Yes, as they say, the idle mind is the demon's playground. So we should probably make sure that... And we don't sure that want that playground being played anymore in... Yes. <laughs> Quite literally. I think this would be... It's like an escape room, you know? We go to a new city, find something exciting to do to keep ourselves occupied. Except somebody actually died. We're amateur <laughs> urban explorers, escaping rooms, and searching dead people. Yes. Yeah. Malamara, do you want to go inside a statue? Malamara! <laughs> <laughs> she uh, shuts the book and... Uh... <laughs> 
hold it to her chest? Sure. That... Madame, listen. Yes? These what? statues, they're supposed to protect Waterdeep. Okay. We have a month's time until we're going to talk. Yes. If the cult of the dragon, mm-hmm. we're going to do something. Yes. And, like, Lance is, like, really trying to make it sound really cool. But, you know, he's, he's hamming it up a little bit because he really wants to, like, make... Malamar thinks we're really supposed to do this. Like, if we want to make sure that the Court of the Dragon Mm -hmm. doesn't get into Waterdeep and foul up the meeting, we got to make sure these statues are working, right? As Mal looks at him, she can tell that he's hamming it up. Yes. (laughs) She's confused. I have negative one in performance, Why she's hamming it up. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And she just, instead of questioning it, goes along with it and almost opposite him is now going to play up the hamminess on her side of how important yes absolutely let's do it i i don't this book seems very important let's do it you said into the it's the statue is there a is there like a button is it like an escape room thing that we were we're gonna find um, all the buttons at (laughs) this moment there is a massive earthquake oh boy oh no and i need everybody to roll a dexterity saving throw (laughs) <laughs> Mickey's, Mickey's. The role play was amazing on camera. <laughs> Just the shaking. <laughs> I feel like we're at the beginning of like a National Lampoon vacation movie or something. They got to Waterdeep and you wouldn't believe what mm-hmm. happened. Holiday road. <laughs> it's a critical fail. Oh, oh my no. gosh. So wait, we're rolling what? A dex save. Just a dexterity saving This throw. doesn't count for my danger sense, right? It's not something that I can see. No. That's what I thought. Just making sure. Dex you save? can't see vibrations um, in the ground, Malamara? Yeah. 16 for Lance. But I felt it because I had a non-natural 20. Ha-ha. I felt it. So, Fleeple, you're the only one that's knocked on your keister here. Um, everybody else is uh, able to maintain... Uh, their balance here. And Fleeple, you take three points of bludgeoning damage as, all, as you <gasps> fall to the ground. Oh, wow. Um, Ouch. <laughs> and uh, everybody on the streets are just as nervous. They, um, it, it's, it only lasts five seconds, but it is an intense five seconds. Everyone just starts screaming and yelling and like, what was that? And uh, did you feel it? And uh, he woke me up from my nap. Um, and running out to the streets, everybody's talking, and it's kind of like utter chaos right now on the streets. Everyone's just like, and just uh, chattering and chittering away, and uh, the guards are rushing over to try and uh, maintain the peace, make sure people are okay, and uh, uh, ensuring that the buildings are structurally sound. Um, The buildings are structurally sound, so to speak. (laughs) Just leaning against the wall, so so to speak. speak. (laughs) <laughs> Not so to speak. They are. None of them have fallen. None so of them are on the ground. They are structurally sound. No so to speak whatsoever. As that as that happens, I'm just like, the earthquake kind of subsides and everyone's panicking. I kind of like, as I was faking, you know, like hamming it up for Malamar, like, yeah, we should check it out. We should check it out. I like look at her and in dead seriousness now, like, we should. We should really check out the statue. We should, we should probably go and statue. Yeah, statu- yeah, yeah, let's we go. On. Really yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of being like, "Hey, buddy, let's go do this." Okay, no, no, but, no, for, for real. Though, seriously, let's go. We, we need to do this. Yeah, we should really do that. for real life. And I'll help Fleeple up off the ground. Okay. As all of you throughout the chaos, you try to find your way, weaving through alleyways to get to the base of the statue. And as you are trying to get to the statue, it's. It gets even bigger. I mean, clearly, the closer you get to a tall object, the bigger it's going to get. But the feet itself are just looming. <laughs> the, the feet are just looming over you as you try to get to, to it. And there are uh, some gates uh, and walls, actually, that are seem to have been built around the statue itself. But with about five to eight minutes worth of uh, investigation you're able to, with a brisk pace, find a gate, um, notice that it's unlocked, and just kind of slip in. And you come to the base of this statue, and you find that there actually is, in the leg itself, a little hole that has been 
not dug out, but it is an open hole in the statue, allowing for you to climb up into, up, up, up and away, so to speak, the statue. There's a ladder in there that has been built into the stone itself. But it looks like you're climbing for most of the way all the way up there. Who wants to go first? <laughs> I will, and I'll fly. You'll fly. Is the ladder on the edge of the leg, or, or like, you know, on the outside, or are we going into a hole in the middle of the leg to climb? Yeah, good clarification there. Yes, you are entering into it, and then you were flying yeah, Fleeple is flying up, and there is enough. There is enough space for him to flap his wings to just fly vertically, so he can do that. But Malamara and Lance, you will be climbing up, but it is uh, not just in free open air. It is in this tube, this shaft, so to speak, which will fall all the way down to the ground level if you happen to fall. So, Fleeple, you're the first one, and you fly about twenty feet up. This is the ladder opening that has, um, you climb out or you fly into this. Uh, there is a door that you open so that nobody can just freely fall down this ladder. So you open it and, uh, this room is revealed to you. This is a circular room as you are in the leg, um, or rather you're in what you think to be part of the leg of the statue. Uh, so it is a circular uh, room. It's only about 30 feet um, in diameter, so 30 foot long circle. But in this room, there are stairs that go up to another floor above. Now this room is all wood, which is interesting to have in a stone statue, but uh, here's some of the things you noticeably see. It smells of books that are lined from floor to ceiling all the way around the room. Um, just here visually, you can see some like pseudo bookshelves here. These are lined with books, and these books are just a smattering of titles at first glance here. There are wood frame doors set with small diamond-shaped panes of glass keep these books secure on each of these shelves, each section of which has a rolling ladder anchored to a ceiling rail. Now, the thing that you also see are three individuals coming down the stairs to the ground floor. Um, and so you do have a moment to act before they see you or hear you if, the, if you would wish to act. I'm going to I'm going to do a lancey thing and I'm going to sneak I'm going to fly up into like the most sort of dark secluded corner that I can and I will latch myself up onto the ceiling because nobody ever looks up mm -hmm. these ceiling uh, the ceiling is about 10 feet up so you do find like a hanging light that you could hold on to while you're up there uh, and you uh, are a little bit silent so you whoosh, and you fly to the ceiling go ahead and roll a stealth check please all right that's a five all right cool cool you got the sport that's not d4 isn't gonna help me here I, I imagine. Know, yeah. <laughs> So as you fly up to the ceiling, you're like, all right, and you go to the ceiling, you hold onto it. You hear these three individuals come down the stairs. These individuals are a female human, a male rock gnome, and a male half elf as well. They all have almost the exact same garb as Buron, the dwarf that died in front of you. They have the same shield with the broom and the mop in an X formation emblazoned on their uh, shirts or tunics that they're wearing right now. And as they come down, they're just discussing uh, a matter. And as you're focused on hiding, you don't hear what they're talking about quite yet. But just as you get in your hiding position, you grab the light, and as you grab the light, it actually gives way a little bit. And so there's this loud metallic as it 
gets pulled a little bit from the ceiling, which not only draws the attention of these three individuals, but it also draws the attention of who's coming up first, Mal or Lance? Lance is sneakier than Mal. So yeah, I'll be So I'll be Mal first. was second. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Lance, it also draws your attention. Everybody looks up to Flapel. You look down at these three individuals. You all look at each other. And the three individuals look at each other and go, and just yell, for Stonkey! I need everybody to roll initiative, please. For, for Stonkey? For Stonkey. The, do we recognize that name at all? No, you don't. You, you have no idea who or what a stonky is. Oh my gosh. Every time. Initiative sucks. But it's not worse than mine. I got a six. I got no. It is. I got a five. Wow. <laughs> I rolled a one. <laughs> oh boy. I got a 21. So what I lack in intelligence... <laughs> I make up for an oomph. I got I got the get up and go. Malamara gotta go fast. Fleeple. Six. Uh Lance. Five. Okay. I wasn't expecting a battle today. <laughs> Mal. Twenty-one. Mal was expecting a battle today. There it is, and you're on the stairs behind Lance. Yep. yep. I can sense it, guys. Something's coming. I can sense it. I sense battle. <laughs> There will be blood. <laughs> there will be blood. Well, Mal, you are first. Great. I look up at the bottom of Lance's boots and whisper, what's going on? What did they say? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They, they look mad. <laughs> Do you want to try and move by him at all? or? Nope. I, she shoves That's me up the ladder. That's my turn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's her turn. All right. So with that... The one closest to you, the rock gnome, is going to brandish a weapon at you. And it is going to go for Lance here. What? And the rock gnome's going to go, I would die for Stonky. So, Lance, does a 19 hit you? Oh, my gosh. I'm going to kill this rock gnome. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's seven points of slashing damage. Not if the rock gnome kills you first, Lance. Little (laughs) max damage. Rock gnome. And they're going to make a second attack, too. Oh, my. Natural one. Oh. So they slash at you, and you're like, ah! And then they go for you, and you you kick them back a little bit, and they go, oh, oh, oh. And they turn back and go, Chicken Peach, it's your turn. Chick, what? And, uh... They said, Chicken Peach, it's your turn. The one closest to Fleeple looks up at Fleeple, uh, pulls out a short bow, and is going to fire away at you. That's a seven. A seven misses. Uh, however, I'm going to pretend that it hits. Mm-hmm. Acting. Okay, okay. Uh, can you roll a performance check? Sure. Ah, oh, you shot me. That's a 15. Yeah. Oh, okay. So how do you pretend that it hits you? Like, what do you, how do you sell it? As it flies past, I let go of the light fixture I'm hanging from and I flutter clumsily to the ground so I don't take fall damage, but I do kind of sprawl out and I just go, oh, Bruin just wanted me to look at the light fixtures. Oh, okay. 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 And this one, uh, Chicken Peach goes, Bruin. Your friend of Bruins? Get them! <laughs> oh, no, bad idea, bad idea. <laughs> Get them, okay. Oh, great. They're evil custodians. <laughs> I won't make you prone, uh, Fleeple, since that was all flavor, but um, I'll say that you're on the ground now. Uh, you are crouching, so you're not prone necessarily. Uh, their bonus action, they're going to put away their bow, and they are going to pull out their sword as well, now that everybody seems to be on the ground. So that is Chicken Peach's turn. So, Fleeple, it's your go. Well, I was hoping that maybe these guys would be friends of our dear <laughs> departed dwarf, but seeing as they're not, and 
everybody loves that guy. If these guys aren't friends, then they he must, must be, be horrible people. I like the logic. So, I really like the logic there. That's good. Yeah, exactly. That's a good, which is, I like. I like it. I am debating how lethal I want to go with this. Is go, the question. go all the way? <laughs> all the way. Okay. They were just doing yeah. their job, man. They came to no, work they today. They didn't think they were no, gonna they die. Weren't. I've never met a custodian who pulls a knife on someone right when they walk in a hallway. It's not cool. <laughs> and I mean, if a man just died, these people are obviously enemies of that man. We should take some action in regard to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm going to cast a third level thunder wave and hit those two guys on the west side of the wall. Oh. Does that incorporate me too? Uh, it does not. No, it does not. Okay, what do they have to roll? A dexterity save? Or constitution? I believe Thunderwave is constitution. It's been a while since I've cast Thunderwave. Let me check real quick. It's been a while. Yep, that is a con save DC 16. Well, uh, Chicken Peach got an 8. Nice. And the other one, Alpaca Macadamia Nuts. What? What are these names? This is, uh, they did get a 17, though. Okay. I mean, I know we live in a fantasy world, but come on. <laughs> Let's get our names right here, people. <laughs> That's going to be exactly 20 thunder damage. <laughs> so, Chicken Peach, after they pull their scimitar, you thunder wave them. And as you thunder wave them, Chicken Peach flies backward. Their back hits the stairs, and you hear this loud crack, and the body just sort of, like, go limp. So Chicken Peach seems to be departed. Alpaca macadamia nut, however, seemed to be in f- uh, they they took the damage. They didn't fly back, but they are hurting. They are hurting quite a bit. And that was 10 because it was halved, right? Yep. Great. Okay, so that was your action. And with my bonus action, I'm going to use my draconic cry, and I'm going to shout, For bronze stern metal! And... That is going to distract all of these guys until the start of my next turn. Myself and all my allies have advantage on attacks against enemies within 10 feet of me. Oh, which is everybody. Okay. It's a very small room. Very nice. There you go. Big attack engaged. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. And Lance, it's your turn. All right. Sneak attack time. With that advantage, I can do sneak attack. I'm looking at this freaking rock gnome in front of me. Just wondering what absurd name they have. A uh, cow cotton. Good. It's the most good. Normal. Good. Good, he says. Good. Uh, that will be with advantage with my short sword. Yeah, I take out my short sword and my dagger, and my short sword gets 18. 18. That is a hit. All right. Time to die, you little rock gnome. All right, that's 1d6 plus another 4d6. Whoo! Sneak attack. 26 points of damage. Oh, wow. Um, Lance, how is Cow Cotton dispatched of? <laughs> I just, like, as I, like, look at, like, the cut on, like, I imagine, like, I was like, hey, and he, like, cuts, like, my hand or something. I'm like, ah! I just, like, grimace at him and just, like, Take my hand that's been cut and just press it on his face and just shove my blade just it just into you know just at the heart just to like he goes, be like <gasps> this is why this is happening to you <laughs> like you cut my hand did not make a friend <laughs> stonky so okay so that's your action and then bonus action I will take one of my daggers that I have, and I will use my bonus action to throw it at this other dude. All right. Did you want to do that, or did you want to do your um, oh, the your subclass thing? That's right. I haven't done this in so long. On a successful sneak attack, yeah. You can target another creature within 30 feet of you. This is not even like a... Yeah, it yeah. just happens. You roll half the number of sneak attack die to your level, uh, so I get two sneak attack die. And this creature takes the damage, so I'm going to roll 2d6 at him, and it's just an automatic thing. That is five damage. So as Lance kind of, as Lance puts his hand on the guy's face and shoves the 
the sword, the short sword, into kind of his chest. He then, with that same, like, almost, with that, with that hand with blood on it, kind of almost, like, whips it around, and, like, a shadow dagger shoots out from it and strikes this guy. Very nice. As it strikes this uh, last individual, they're like, and uh, they are on death's door. That's their, that's your action, right? Mm-hmm. You have a movement and bonus action, I believe. Then bonus action. So Lance is what he's going to do then, is I'm going to just use my movement, walk up to him, and just take out the dagger, and I'm going to try and do a non-lethal damage to knock him out because I'm, I'm, I'm mad at these people, but I also want to know, one, what's with the names, and two, why? Just why. All right. Uh, so. Let's go ahead and roll an attack. Does this attack get uh, advantage as it's well? It's advantage. Yeah, still okay. advantage because he's within 10. Ooh. Well, or both rolls were not good, actually. With my Dagger of Venom, I'll say. I'll use my Dagger of Venom for this, um, just to add a little bit more. That's that's only a 13. 13's hits. All right. So I will use, if he's on Death's Door, I'm going to use... Not uh, plentiful in the armor area here, these uh, custodial <laughs> custodi- guild members. Custodians aren't geared up with armor. Yeah, then I'll just use my, I'll, I mean, I'll roll for the damage, which a Dagger is obviously a D4. Um, but if it does kill him, I won't kill him. I will try and knock him out okay. instead. That's a, a four. All right. That is enough to knock this person unconscious. They fall down into your arms, so to speak, just as they're about to take their turn. So, well done. You have dispatched of these three <laughs> individuals. I like how Mal's And Mal, you pop up and Mal's go, turn. Ah! <laughs> Oh. Mal reaches the top of the ladder and takes in the scene around her at the carnage that the Jinx Squad leaves in our wake. And this is very normal for her, but there's also a part of her inside of her that that bubbles up that enjoys this sight and this feeling. And as she looks at the bodies and looks at Lance with this unconscious body in front of him, knowing that he's still alive, she feels this this desire to end his life, to, to kill him. And then she kind of realizes what that is and tries to suppress it and push it down because this is not a good thing. This is not a... It's not okay that these men's lives have just been extinguished. She shouldn't feel good about it. She wants to mourn that and she wants to keep that, that part of her orc side suppressed and embrace that and empathy of humanity so she tries to suppress that feels very similar i feel like to the thrill in the stormlight archive by brandon sanderson that 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 desire and that suppression of it mal since you are taking this moment to uh suppress these emotions you take in a little bit what uh i haven't described quite yet uh and that is uh directly right in front of the staircase um and as I mentioned, the ceiling is 10 feet tall, and this is like a spiral staircase, so it goes up and out of sight, and that's uh, how Fleepor is able to uh, attempt his uh, stealth check there uh, at the beginning of the battle. Um, but right in front of there, there is a desk, a chair, and something behind it. So against the far wall, a wooden staircase covered with green carpeting leads up. In front of the staircase rests a gold credenza with images of farm animals carved into it. A high-backed chair with burgundy cushions sits behind the credenza itself. And the motif or the uh, imagery of the farm animals is odd, but may describe why some of these people have the names that they do. And as this oddity is in front of you, you look around, all three of you, looking to see what the heck is going on here. And with the captured member of the custodial guild in your hands, we're going to stop this week's adventure of I Cast Fireball. Mm, I got a little rat. So, got a dwarf dying of a heart attack. <laughs> uh, some overcome emotional 
Waterdeep guards, uh, <laughs> a adventure into a Waterdeep statue, and crazy named custodial members attacking you upon sight. Hmm. Just another day for the Jank Squad, and we'll find out how this gets resolved True. next time on I Cast Fireball. My players, thank you so much. Ned, Mickey, and Jacob. And listeners, thank you especially for joining on this week's episode of iCast Fireball. It means the world that you would jump into our adventure, whether you're just jumping right now or if you've gone through our entire back catalog. We thank you so much for your listen. Uh, we It just lets us know that you like what we're doing and to continue to inform us of what you like and uh, what you'd like to see on future episodes, please leave us a five-star review with some additional suggestions, things that you like, uh, which those reviews help get us into other people's recommended feeds. um, And it just lets us interact with you as well. Uh, If you want to leave something a little bit longer than a five-star review, shoot us an email at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com. There you can... uh, start a conversation with us where we can go back and forth on ideas we've had people send magic items over to us we've had people uh request crunch squad episodes that we can go through um and so if you'd like us to explore an option explore additional content shoot us an email uh as always don't forget to follow our social media pages which is instagram twitter facebook and our upcoming youtube channel where we are currently dropping our audio only podcast but have an upcoming surprise for you listeners that you might want to keep be aware of go follow us at at icast fireball two zero as always we're giving a shout out to our sister podcast improv tabletop where they do fantastic storytelling in an improv setting uh, both in established worlds and made up ones uh, right on the spot it's a ton of fun ned is the gm go give them a listen they just finished up their first season of their avatar legends role-playing game yes that is avatar the last airbender for those that are fans of that and they just began their second season also in the avatar world but with a twist on the mechanics that they are using so if you want to figure out what those are go give them a listen and don't forget to leave them a five-star review lastly don't forget to like subscribe and share with our friends and fellow wacky adventurers but until next time i'm thomas your dm and around the table we have malamara lance thalen and fleeple let's keep that fire going and we'll see you all next time